0: And in tonight's episode, I will be discussing the disappearance of Malaysian Airlines MH370. Today's date is March 9, 2020. I'd like to start off by introducing Malaysian Airlines MH370. It was a scheduled and normal flight between Malaysia to Beijing, China. It took off in Kuala Lumpur, the capital of Malaysia, going to Beijing on March the 8th 2014 so 6 years and 1 day ago um it was a normal scheduled flight which was uh, carrying 200 and I think a total number of passengers 227 10 crew members and a pilot and a co-pilot the airline subsequently did not arrive in the capital of china beijing and um, was soon after presumed missing a significant amount of research and investigation was done um, by the flight data recorder which wasn't found um, and other navigational equipment equipped on the aircraft such as the satcom and um transponders there's two transponders on that uh, variant of aircraft which um subsequently had been turned off and uh, so far hadn't been reporting their position to the following um satellite tower radar station sorry at the neck at uh, the airport uh, for uh, closest by the Thus, um, it was limited in what the search area was at first. Subsequently, the Malaysian military released um, their military radar. As, as you may know, military equipment is more advanced than civilian, and so they were able to track the flight path of Malaysian Airlines MH three hundred and seventy, and it was quite, quite a, quite different from what the standard flight path of the actual um, aircraft was meant to be, it, it first took a sudden left turn, a sudden right turn, sorry, um, and then a subsequently took a sharp right turn for about 45 minutes going straight past the peninsula and, and territories over Malaysia, and then taking another right turn, uh, going past the home island of the captain, and then going straight forward into what it's presumed is the indian ocean just in the territorial area of malaysia of australia the what i'm more concerned about is it's been six years but there's been no evidence of what actually happened and i i understand that many nations have attempted their best with six of the best aviation aviationally equipped countries doing their best to find it but subsequently being ineffective. And um much suspicion rose to the pilot and, and many conspiracy theories which I'll be addressing later. But I think it's important to recognise that what actually happened was quite difficult to to say without having any biases because subsequently the um the military radar data was also quite Ineffective, as it says that the aircraft worked outside of its operational boundaries, saying that it climbed and drastically dropped in high high altitude, which which it couldn't have done. But um, what what is proven is that the flight path it took. It followed its flight path till about halfway between Vietnam and, and the regional islands of Malaysia. Then took a right and then a sharp left. A, a, it's such a significant left, in fact, that it would be incapable to be done by autopilot, which is something to be noted. And then took a a, a mediocre right and then a mediocre left. Following that, um, the 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 sharp right it took is is most certainly done by a a person, a manual control. Who? I, I still can't say, and, and I don't want to put any ideas into your head, but I don't know. The 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 other two turns which took place post the sharp turn, Um, they both can be easily conducted via autopilot. But the question remains why and, and where and what. There's so much unanswered, it's extraordinarily difficult. But I think it was important to address it because to my knowledge there's been no media attention recently even though there's been six years no i don't have anyone or know anyone who was on that flight but i think it was still something that needed to be addressed Uh, rightfully so i think because there are too too many unanswered questions like why did the captain have a similar flight path on his um computer well after that, there was some research done, and documents were leaked from the Malaysian Royal Police, and it came out that although he had a similar flight path to what is presumed the MH370 flight, the one that went missing, as it could have also been a variation of starting and stopping his simulation, just going along with the flow, um, doesn't really prove anything because it wasn't done. The simulation wasn't done in one continuous stream, one continuous event like this flight took. It was done in multiple orientations and multiple stops but then the question comes back that why does the flight path and the uh, simulation both cross over the captain's hometown um and why why is there a bank to see the hometown and um, that again i can't answer there was the lack of um The data available for this research meant that the the search area at first was extraordinarily wrong in comparison to where it should have been. The search area at first was um, located in between Malaysia and uh, Vietnam, where the the sharp turn took place. Then the search area was expanded to over territorial uh, territorial Malaysia, uh, the South China Sea, which at that time was less of a difficult area than it is now, the Strait of uh, Anderas, and then the the Bay of Bengal, which all subsequently weren't the ideal search locations, but when it was time to get to the correct search location after using satellite data and extraordinarily well-precisioned mathematical equi- equations, um, it took six days to actually get to the, to the remote part of the Indian Ocean, which for those of you who didn't do geography, is the biggest ocean on earth, but, um, it took six days to actually get to the part that was searched. Over 120,000 square miles of sea and ocean bed was, was, sorry, was, um, investigated, but nothing could be found, um, and yes, all the wreckages, uh, bits of debris and, and wreckage has been found throughout the island, it's notable that it wasn't significant enough to, to pinpoint the the location of, of the actual wreckage. And this is because it was just on the islands of Reunion on the coast of Madagascar, to the right of it. But um, it wasn't significant, and then rose, this was 16 months after the flight went missing at first. Um, Out of those wreckages discovered, only a few could actually be confirmed pieces. There were three confirmed pieces and seven likely pieces, while nine unidentifiable pieces of wreckage. And um, It's just worrying how half the data that, that was published was inaccurate and the other half that was published to the media at first was, um, wrong. They, they, the media had started blaming the pilot, saying he had underlying financial issues, which then again was proven wrong, and then they blamed his marital status, which was wrong. They, there was no significant uh, history of anxiety or any, anything of such mental distress. Both pilots were highly trained, and, and that, that's why the, the, the theory is still unanswered, I guess. But, um, I I I don't. I I'm a man of reason, and even if I can't reason this, it, it comes to worrying about what's actually happened. Um, there've been theories about how it's been hijacked to Kazakhstan, and then debris has been placed over a massive government cover-up. There's been a theory that a U.S. air force base shot it down, and then planted debris of the very aircraft they shot down on the, in the ocean bed to follow the ocean drifts, where where it was predicted it to be a reunion. There have been other theories. It's been hijacked by UFOs, or it's glided across the 2,000 over the 2,000 um, square kilometer search area to go beyond what was expected. It's simply not known what the true origins are, and um, it's really unfortunate. I mean, I don't know anyone specific who was on that flight, but it's really, really unfortunate to know that such a Advanced society like ours can still be perished by the unknown, and that's why I think my biggest fear is not knowing. Because what you don't know can kill you. and Clearly, they don't know what actually happened to this aircraft, and so all all those on board are presumed dead or missing, which is extraordinarily unfortunate. Um. I mainly because there's no closure and, and there's no answer. But, um, what truly really happened, I don't know yet. On the 9th of March 2020, I don't know what's happened. But, um, maybe if, if I continue this podcast, and I, well, yeah, most certainly intend to, maybe, um, maybe I'll come up with an answer soon. There've, there've been numerous theories, like Russia having hands in it for political gain and, and also, there's also been theories of hacking and remote controlling. Uh, that that, as we know, is, is also we've been told by the government, um, is not true. But then again, whatever you're told, you're, you're meant to believe by the government because it's the hand that feeds you at the end of the day. But um, I don't want to I don't want to leave you guys on speculation that I think it was an inside job, but I don't know what to think. And with that unfortunate truth. I have to finish this podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure in trying to understand the mystery of the MH370 flight, but um, I have no answer for you guys. I hope you guys come up with your own answers, and and I'm most certain I've left many questions unanswered. Do forgive me, but um, take care and good night.